Would you listen to Acts chapter 1, verse 9? Jesus had just spoken those words, but you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You'll be witnesses in me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. That's where we ended last week. Verse 9. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, you men of Galilee, why stand you gazing into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelotes, and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. I want to call special attention this morning to the second part B, verse 14, all of these men gathered, their names are mentioned, but in their midst were, according to the scripture, there was several women, included there was Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. In that context, the church is launched. The mother of our Lord is there. The other women are there. It is a time of prayer. It is a time for the church to have its beginning. And right in the center of it is a group of women. And these women are there, not by accident, but by divine appointment, because they bring to the table some things that the church dare not ever forget. As these women were there, and Mary, the mother of Jesus. There is something very, very real about that gathering that we must not forget. Because the book of Acts is a vivid account of the power of God in the hearts and the minds and all of the followers of Jesus Christ. From the very beginning of creation, God made the distinction between man and woman, male and female, husband and wife. Both were extremely, and listen to me, and equally important. In God's plan for the nation, for the civilization, for the families, and for the churches, and working together, the family, as God made man and woman, he made them uniquely different. He put into both male and female certain traits and certain things and the way to do certain things that was very, very important. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he 
him, male and female, created he them. And then God blessed them. Now get the picture here as we come to try to show the importance of women igniting a church. How God has put throughout all of Scripture that very special a person that's called a mother. Many, many times when the, when the male child was referred to, it would always tie him to the mother. This the mother of so-and-so. Because it was flesh of their flesh and bone of their bone. So there were boys, girls, brothers, sisters, husbands, wives, fathers, and mothers, all different, but all having a, uni a united purpose when they all come together. And you know what that is? It's a family, the individual family, and it's a church. It's a church family. When the Lord established his church, he planned very carefully what he wanted done. He, he speaks to the children. He speaks to the women. He speaks to the men. He speaks to the married. He speaks to those that are not married. He called out disciples that, that were married and some that were not. But in it all, there is a purpose. And in our trying to figure out how does this all play out in the plan of God? That here in this scripture, after naming these disciples that were there to pray before, and we know the day of Pentecost is coming, these 120 people are fixing to take the gospel to the world. It's not very many days after they're going to see 3,000 new people come into the family of God and come into the body of Christ or into the bride of Christ, which is the church. Well, today, Mother's Day. What a special word that is, mother. Whether mom is here or she's alive and somewhere else, or if mother is in heaven, there's something special about women, all women, and mothers. There's something that is uniquely different. Let me take you over to the 14th verse. They all continued one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, the Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And get you to notice one more time. He does not close the thought until lest anybody would think that church is to be all about the males. It's to be about male, female, mom, dad, husband, wife, brother, sister, you name it. Call it family. Now, a lot of people don't know what that is anymore. God had a plan. Every time he mentioned it, he laid it out, just like I'm talking to you about today. You know where the mothers played a major part and where the need of this church is today, as I have entitled this message, looking for women to ignite the church. You know what the biggest role that women played? They were the leaders of the prayer in the church. They were the prayer warriors. Any mother that doesn't know how, how, how to pray and doesn't have anyone to pray to is going to have a tough time rearing that special, special sinless grandchild <laughs> that their mother and daddy think that they had. 
Mothers have a touch with God. I don't know when I get to heaven, first day I'm going to find out, why did he have a mother and not a daddy? He didn't have to have either one of us. God wanted to, but he wanted Jesus to have a mother. And I'm going to show you why in just a second. Mothers and prayer have always seemed to walk together. What is the most important thing in a church? Is it the teaching? Is it the preaching? Is it the singing? Or is it the prayer? The answer is it's prayer. Without prayer, you can do nothing. Well, who's going to initiate the prayer? Where is there those that have seemingly many, many more hours in prayer than the others? It could very well be the mother's. When I think back about my, at my mother, and you think about yours, if you were fortunate to have a Christian mother, you can remember how many times you heard her pray and what she prayed for. How many times you heard her pray for your daddy when daddy wasn't even there. But when we look at those in this room, Mary, the mother of Jesus, is specifically pointed out because God chose that woman to be the mother of his only begotten son. She is worthy of emulation. Mary knew why her son had come to the earth. God had informed her in prayer, even before that child was conceived, that God had a plan to send a Messiah, to send a Savior. So she was up on all of that. She knew her child's purpose on earth. And she wanted Mary, his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And she prayed that way. She lived that way. She dealt with her son that way. And Joseph's main purpose, it appears to me, is to support her, to encourage her to protect her, to provide for her, to make sure that she had time to pray and a place to pray. And it seems to me like the Bible made it very, very clear when Joseph comes into the picture, his purpose was to see that every need that Mary had was met. And it was met with God's plan and God's purpose. And that he would watch her and see the need that she had and would carry that out. Today, we have some shocking facts. These came to my desk this past week. Over 10 million mothers today in America have no husbands. 49% of them have never been married. 51% are divorced, separated, are never married. Single motherhood is now becoming a new norm in America. Four out of 10 children are now born to unwed mothers and two thirds are born to mothers under 30. Unmarried, unwed, no father at home. Now when we turn on the television, we see some of the results. As we try to figure out what can happen in America to bring America to where God can use her, all we have to do is see the breakdown of our home. The nation is breaking down because our homes are breaking down. 
Our homes are breaking down because we're a confused society that don't understand how important it is to do it God's way. And understand that God has a plan and a purpose for every single person in the home. And if God's plan, any child that's born without a father and a mother to watch over them and for each to fulfill their role, the loving, tender care of the mother and the strict discipline of the father and the one that takes the lead and sets an example, without all of that, all kinds of problems come to to pass, but you got to start somewhere. So my suggestion to this morning on Mother's Day is, mothers, let's look and see what could you do. I tell you the best thing. Always worked for me. I I I, I looked. You know, anything has been proven right by experience. Wise people take advantage of it. Anything has been proven wrong by experience. Wise people will run from it. But moms. You need some role models, just like we dads do. We need role models. I think the greatest thing my father ever taught me was to put before me some role models. I can remember growing up that the men that I was with when I wasn't with my father and my dad set up were just as strict on me as my father was, some of them more strict. At that time, I was scared to death of it at times, but today I look back and say, thank God. But today, it's about the moms. I want you to look at Jesus, mother. I'll give you some things real quickly. First of all, God chose a woman to be the mother of his only begotten son that believed in the sanctity of human life. You can take your Bible and go over to verse 46 of Luke chapter 1. Uh, let me just read to you 43 and 44. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of your salutation sounded in my ears, the baby jo- leaped in my womb for joy. Amen. She believed in the sanctity of human life. What did she call the one in her, in her womb? My baby, my baby. Not a blob of protoplasm, my baby. She knew it was a baby. And that's what God looks for in all of our homes for us to understand the sanctity of human life. Mary knew that. God put in her body in a most difficult situation. She was not even married in that culture. It was worse than even today. It may be a, a culture looking or some looking down on that. But listen. God chose that because he had a purpose and there was a reason for it, as you'll see here in just a minute, I think, but he chose a a mother who believed in the sanctity of human life. She wanted her child to grow up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Number two, God chose a woman that lived in such a way that her husband trusted her even in this most awkward situation. Joseph never doubted after his first impulsive man. He's kind of spoke up kind of quickly. I'll not read it all, but it's in Matthew chapter 1, 18 through 25. At first he was shocked. What do you mean you're having a baby? But then when he got with God, he knew Mary, he knew God. When all of them got together, he understood. And he said, I don't understand this, but I trust my wife and I trust my God. And I am going to do what I ought to do to be the father of this child when he is born and to rear him up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. 
<clears throat> you know, the way that God told Joseph, the Bible says in a dream. Maybe it's in a time of meditation, just looking to God. But God explained to him why Mary was carrying a child. But then there's another thing. I like this one. God chose a woman that associated with godly women. Did you hear me? God chose a woman, Mary, that associated with godly women. It's very important who you run with even when you're an adult. It's very important who a child's mother is around when there's those social times. And what is being introduced here or there or whatever. Whenever we look at the women's ministry of our church and its importance to get women together in Bible studies, in times of ministry, in times of missions, in a time of service, in a time of prayer, and you come, that is one of the strongest things that you will ever do as a mother is to stay around other godly people of your gender and pray together that have common burdens and common needs. In Luke chapter one, verse 39, it says, and Mary arose in those days. She went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judea or Judah. He entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She spoke out with a loud voice and said, blessed are you among women, blessed the fruit of your womb, and whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come unto me? Do you understand the, the chemistry between those two women? One of them having a child that would mean much in the kingdom of God. The other one having the son of God. Good company to be in. Good company to be in. We're like for men, we talk about iron sharpening iron. With women, love just magnifies love. To have the right friends, Mary did. You notice also that God chose a woman with a quiet spirit, a very quiet spirit. Luke 2, 19, it says, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. In the, 20, in the 51st verse of Luke 2, and he went down with them, came to Nazareth, was subject unto them, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. Is it easy for your friends to keep in their heart some things they need to keep in their heart? Or they cannot wait to get together to tell you what's in their heart. Well, they had not got to the heart yet. It's just in their mind, and I can't, wait, I can't wait to tell you. There's something about a quiet spirit. There's something about being still and know that I'm God. There's certain things that you take to the world, and there's certain things you take to the prayer closet, whether you're male or female. Mary set an example for men and women. There's some things you need to hold in your heart. There's some things you need to just let you and God work it out. Mary was chosen for another reason. Mary knew that it was important to bring her son to church. Uh, the 22nd verse of Luke 2, when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. I don't know when you, when you grew up, everybody, we like to tell our, our personal stories. But I can remember, I was an only child and my mother, when we'd go on vacation, you know what her number one responsibility was when we traveled on Sunday? 
She would start bugging my daddy an hour and a half before 11 o'clock when we were going to stop at some church and go to church. And whatever town we were in, that's where we were going to church. My mother didn't care what town we were going to. She just cared that we went to church. And I never went on a vacation in an automobile across the United States, east or west, on a Sunday. If we were driving, we stopped for church. And my daddy was the preacher, and he didn't bring it up. My mother brought it up. And she told the preacher, we're stopping for church. Even though you're not preaching, we are stopping to church. And I can still remember some of those church services. I can still remember how my mom was so, she thought it so important. I mean, I didn't get up and say, oh, I don't feel good. She said, well, we got a place in church where we put kids that don't feel good. <laughs> so get up out of bed. She almost felt the same way about going to school. Not quite as bad at school, but always to Sunday school, always to church. God chose a woman that knew the importance of rearing their child in the church bringing them to church, not letting them substitute everything that kid has offered to them and the church comes last and if nothing goes on on Sunday, then you bring the kid to church. No, Mary put that first. That's the kind of mom you want to be. Right and wrong is determined by God's word and the kids need to hear it. Proverbs 14 and 12. There's a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is the way of death. But God's word is awesome. Every high school graduate, I hope, this year will read the 18th proverb, I believe it is. I read that this one on wisdom. The whole book is about wisdom. But the wisdom, where do you get wisdom? You don't get wisdom from the schoolhouse. You get wisdom from God's word. And, and God's word is to be the center of the church. The word and prayer, as we've talked about. These kids say, well, I just got a drug problem. I had one too. My mother drugged me to church every single Sunday. <laughs> you know. Did I like it? I was a preacher's son. I didn't know. <laughs> but I got to where I did. It's amazing how you can like something if you don't have any choice. <laughs> kind of like eating spinach. Serve it enough meals. If that's all you're going to get to eat, then eat the spinach. And then you feel better after eating spinach than anything else you could have eaten. Let me tell you something else real quickly before we go. Mary was a mother that gave her child some freedom to grow up. You remember the 12-year-old story? You remember when he was in the temple? He got up talking to the doctors and all. She gave him some room. Whoever came up, children are supposed to be seen and not heard. That wasn't from the Bible. Amen. Children need to be heard. Right. If you don't let them talk to you but before they're 12, they're not going to talk to you after they're 12. Mary knew that. She gave him some room. She let him go to his own Bible study class or go into own worship service or whatever. She gave him that freedom. That's a good virtue for a mother to practice from the mother of Jesus. That mother would always, always, always give her child just that little bit of room. In that second chapter, Luke again, when he's 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast and you'll remember what happened there. She kept him around the right people. She had boundaries. The child knew his boundaries, but he had some freedom. Another thing, Mary was able to accept the unexplained things in her child's life. Mom, I'm sure a lot of you have that problem. I just don't understand why my son, my daughter, whatever, fill in the blanks. Mary didn't understand a lot of things. Matter of fact, if you'll read the scripture, you'll see that 
She pretty much drops out of the picture now after that, that when he was 12. You don't see her anymore. She sort of gives him that freedom and stays in the background. Certainly she had those private times with him, but they're not written in the scripture. And she allowed that child to grow up, but she had to accept that her child was different from all the other boys. So as we look in the 50th verse of Luke 2, it says, they understood not the saying which he spoke unto them. You remember when he came back and he said, I must be about my father's business. She didn't understand all that, but she distrusted him. It's wonderful when a child can earn the trust of their parents and especially that special one called mom. And then God chose a mother who realized that her child had some wisdom that was given to him by God that was worthy for her to just be quiet and listen to. And you'll find in the scripture many times when Jesus addresses his mom and she just listens from a prayerful heart, sometimes from a confused, immediate understanding. But there was some way that her child began to minister to her in a very special way. And then God chose a mother who came to that time finally she just released Jesus for God the Father's purpose in his life. I guess that's probably the hardest thing you'll ever do as a parent. When do you release them? When do you let go and let God? When that time came, Jesus was released. We have all of those terrible events prior to the cross, during the cross, all of that things. But she has sort of taken a back seat now, still there. And letting him finish the work the father had given him to do. And then when he comes to the end, he says it's finished. And then you remember the final thing I want to say to you. His mother was there to the very end. And of all the people there, he didn't speak a word to the apostles. You do this, do this, and do this. Except the one when he said, son, behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. He said to the boy, take care of our mother. Take care of our mother. If your mother's living today, regardless of how old she is, don't miss the blessing to take care of mom. Don't let mom need one thing. If you have to sacrifice everything you have to take care of your mother, you take care of your mother. That's the kind of a person that Jesus was, he looked at her, he said, take care of her because a godly mother deserves to to be loved by her children for as long as she lives. I know today that a thousand thoughts continue to run through your mind, but I want to close by reading you that very special moment one more time. And I don't want you to go home and just heard me read it once. I want you to go home, families, if mom's alive on Mother's Day, 2015. I want you to read this scripture. 
the 19th chapter of John, verse 25 through 27. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then said he to the disciple, Behold your mother, and listen to this, families. And from that hour, that disciple took her into his own home. I don't mean that that you have to bring them to the flesh, I mean, to the house at 201 Elm Street, but you bring them into the family and you make sure that whatever's best for mom, that's what mom gets. Not what's best for the kid, not what's best for the grandkids, what's best for mom. Take care of mom. That's one thing. Men, boys, children, little girls, teenagers, Honor your mom. Love your mother. Take care of your mother. Respect your mother. Speak with love to your mother. Make sure mother's needs are taken care of because if you don't do that, you are not fulfilling God's plan and purpose for mom. It's not just on Mother's Day. It's every single day. Moms, you're awesome. Moms, I don't know how you put up with what you put up with. I'm going to have to spend the first year in my life apologizing to my mother. I'm trying to think of one thing she told me that's wrong, and I cannot think of one. I was going to start with that. Well, Mom, I bet, but you were, no, I don't know how I don't know any. It seems like she not only knew everything I did, but she knew a lot of things I was thinking about doing. And those she told my dad about. And for some reason, that thought left my mind after a few minutes with my father. I don't know exactly how it happened. I don't want to get into that. All I know is it just passed from my mind. My final question is this. If God were to have chosen this generation in which to bring his son into the world, would he have considered you as being the mother? Because these 10 things are true in your life as well. That's the kind of person you are. God's still looking. What a day if you don't know the Lord to give your heart to Christ. If mom's in heaven, if you've seen her for the last time, unless you give your heart to the Lord. My father used to always say on Mother's Day, the way we honor our mothers is to honor her Christ. If your mama knew Jesus and loved Jesus, and you went to the funeral, but you didn't go to church, you didn't read your Bible, you didn't do whatever, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, why not today? You want heaven to break out in some shouting with your mother leading the crowd is for you to give your heart to Jesus. And let me say to you moms, if you've got children in heaven, you know what they're saying? Mom, mom, we're waiting on you. Give your heart to Jesus. Don't go the way of the world. Give your heart to Jesus. Come and let's get the family together for eternity. Every one of us sitting at the feet of Jesus. This is a special day for the mothers. Just like Father's Day is a special day for fathers. Mom, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, maybe your husband's already gone to be with the Lord. 
Don't you want to be there? We can't do anything about the past, but this is the first day of the rest of our life. This is the day. And kids, if you, for whatever reason, have chosen to leave the God of your mother and to go after other gods, now is the time to confess it, repent of it, and come running home. And like the prodigal father went out to meet his son, I promise you, your mother is going to be there to meet you and say thank you for coming to the Lord Jesus and coming to spend eternity with me. Don't, don't go out and play games. Don't go to a grave knowing mama's in heaven and if you died over that grave, you won't go there. Make it right. Make it right. God needs you. And ladies, this church needs you. Even those of you women that are not mothers, we need the women to ignite the fire under all of us through prayer to go and serve the Lord and for this church to be everything that God wants it to be.